Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. It's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys. I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Adam. What's up, dude? Well, this is going to be a shitty podcast. It's, <laughs> you know what's so weird? So 2022 is already, we lost two people so far. We lost Betty White. We, now we lost Bob Saget. And, what about Sydney Poitier? Poitier? And Sydney Poitier, man. I didn't even think about that one. Sydney. They, they, well, they they always come in threes, and I was like, oh, like once Sydney and Betty, like at, at least here's the one thing I would say about Betty White. She lived a really, really full life. Sydney lived a really, really full life. Bob Saget, that's he died halfway through. Yeah. Like, if you're in your fifties, that is way too young. Yeah, it's um. And so. It's, what a bummer, man. It's a different vibe when someone, in my opinion, I could be wrong, like when a comedian passes away. Like we just become sad, but we kind of make jokes too to keep it yeah. light. So at least, I mean, I want to say at least. There's no at least. There's, it's just, it's, t- so J- Dax, have you met Bob Saget before? So I met Bob Saget at, um, it was Dr. Drew's what was it, 60th birthday party? They had like a roast of Dr. Drew. So it was like Adam Carolla was there, Joel McHale, Bob Saget, Steve-O. They had all kinds of people there, but uh-huh. Bob was up on stage uh, roasting um, Dr. Drew, and then I met him once he came off. Oh, that's but, cool. Uh, that was my, I think, my only true interaction with Bob Saget over the years. And he was hilarious that night, super kind um, when I got to meet him off stage. Um, I, I have zero bad things to say about, about Bob Saget over the years. Yeah, it was um, – I saw Bob Saget a bunch over the years, and um, especially this past summer. That's why it's just a little surreal to me because, like, I saw him so much it became a joke. Um, I saw him so much that, like, I wouldn't even – you know, I'm a, I'm a journalist, and usually I document me kind of running into these people, but I'd stop filming them. In fact, like – one day I ran up to him and asked him for advice just about, like, about comedy. We just want to talk to him about stuff. And then another time I was on a Zoom meeting with you guys, and he jumped on the Zoom meeting with us. And I was like, oh, there's Bob saying, hey, Bob. And I put him on, like, real quick on the Zoom meeting, you know. And uh, he, was, he was touring this summer. And from my experiences with him, he was always so happy, so healthy. He, this is the best way to describe Danny Tanner or Bob Saget, really. He, you know, he was the guy you wanted him to be when you met him. He was the first guy to do a Danny Danner joke before you even got it out. You know, that's the like he was just yeah. always a step ahead. Like he understood the joke of it, but he was so funny and so good and so nice and good to the fans. And actually, we have a, like a video of like my last video that I shot from this past summer 
Um, I wasn't even going to shoot well, the know, video. I also I, do want to. I also want to mention before we get to that, we are going to have Gilbert Godfrey come on here in a couple minutes. Um, obviously, Gilbert was one of Bob's really good friends. They've known each other for a very long time. So I'd like to get that personal friendship connection. Like you know, you and I obviously we don't know him like as a friend. We we we're fans. You've run into him a bunch. You've interviewed him. But Gilbert obviously knows him on a whole different level. So I'm really excited to just have Gilbert on and kind of celebrate Bob's life for a little bit. Talk to him about what their friendship was like. And I saw Gilbert had tweeted that they just spoke the other day. So I'm curious what they spoke about and what his demeanor was like when they spoke. Because um, that was only a couple of days ago. And I think, you know, Gilbert was obviously just as shocked as the rest of us. So just as a heads up, we're going to have him on in a couple minutes. But uh, sorry, Adam, didn't mean to interrupt. No. But what was you, what was your last interaction? So my last interaction with, with him was I was outside the Bowery Hotel and Bob Saget was walking by. And there was a few fans waiting for someone else. And uh, actually, it was a decent amount of fans waiting for someone else. But they also knew that Bob Saget was kind of around. So they had these Bob Saget photos. And Bob Saget came out and he was signing autographs. And like, I took a photo with him just to have a photo with him. And, and then all of a sudden, like he was outside for like five minutes, hanging out, talking to fans. Um, and uh, another paparazzi came and started doing video. So I just whipped out my cell phone and started doing video. And here's the video of uh, my experience with Bob Saget the last time I saw him. Hold on, hold on. I gotta be good now. I'm right on there, I'm right on there. I appreciate it, by the way. Oh, right. I hope you're all Bob, okay. did you ever take anything from the full house set? Uh, yeah, the barometer in the living room. Did you really? <laughs> did you say me the last deal? Thank you. It's, it's all over my podcast. <laughs> podcast is good, though, See, I enjoy the podcast. Oh. I love it. Right next to me. Sorry, boss? Right next to me. Okay. All right, dude. What else, what else are you working Bobby, on, Bob? I got a movie thing and a tour, stand-up tour. Nice. So, I mean, listen, that's Bob Saget right there. It's mm-hmm. it's funny because in that video, it's tough for me. If, in the video, if you're watching the video, there's a guy on the right who's a professional autographer. His name was Guy Rabich, and uh, they call him uh, Big Dog. And uh, he was actually on our podcast a long time ago, and he's another guy who passed within that's the past week. The guy that passed away. Yeah, I, and he was this guy. So, you know, taking the attention away from Bob Saget real quick, Guy was on our podcast about – you know, a year and a half ago, he was like this big autographer, a big dude. He had tattoos on his face. If you saw a guy, he was like the scariest looking dude, like piercings on his face, tattoos on his body, all over his body, and the most random tattoos. He'd have like a Michael Jordan logo tattoo, a Shaq tattoo, a Dave Matthews tattoo. But he, if you saw a definitely him, intimidating looking guy, oh, but the most big teddy bear, the biggest teddy bear. And the, honestly, the thing about guys, he was such a character. Because he was from the South and he had this like Southern twang to his accent. But like for what we do, which is on the streets late at night dealing with bodyguards and kind of some sketchy people, it was great to have Guy around because he was so intimidating looking that you felt safe with him around. Because, for example, there was a story of Steven Tyler's bodyguard getting physical with fans with Steven Tyler. And Guy took the guy, the, the person, the bodyguard, and put him in a headlock. He's like, yo, you need to relax. Chill, chill. And it was this crazy video of Guy kind of relaxing Steven Tyler's bodyguard. So just having Guy around, he felt safe because you knew, like, if something were to go down, he had your back. But back to Bob Saget. Um, well, R.I.P. R. Guy. Yeah, R.I.P. You, you had texted me that one, uh, I don't know, like a week ago. And I was like, damn. And I know like, Guy used to text you all the time. That guy was wonderful. Yeah, he was great. I, that, his episode, I remember 
he was pretty intense. <laughs> he has so much energy and was just wow. But it was really interesting hearing the life of an autograph seeker because we've had obviously paparazzi on, we've had these media moguls, celebrities, but we he was the first time we'd had an autograph seeker on, and to hear the kind of the background story of how they go about doing their job and have all the photos lined up in their cars and all this kind of stuff that I'd never even think about. And, you know, so that was a real bummer to hear the, the yeah. news pass. And Guy was actually, I was, you know, a part of my Adam's Apple series, which uh, is going to be on the Hollywood Raw channel. Guy was a big part of my Hollywood Raw, uh, my, my Adam's Apple series. So, um, yeah, just wild, crazy, tough to think about. But back to Bob Saget, um, you know, that video just – it's, that was just the type of guy he was. He was happy. He was healthy. And again, he always beat you to the joke. And, you know, we forget about how good of an actor he was. Mm-hmm. You know, like on when he was on Full House, like he played the square dad, like who was the king of the dad jokes. Perfect. You know, like he was just corny and fun, but it was good. He was great at the role. And then yeah. he, he was so good at the role when we heard he was like, did stand-up comedy because a lot of people didn't know that, and especially that he did dirty stand-up comedy. Dirty, dirty. Like, like if you haven't ever listened to a, a Bob Saget stand-up comedy show, you need to go YouTube it or, or find it somewhere. You will be shocked. It's, totally it's good. shocked. <laughs> totally shocked. But here's the crazy part that I, um, you know, I posted something on my social media, my photo of me and Bob Saget. About five different reporters hit me up. These are people that are on-air camera people, hosts, hit me up and said, man, this is such a bummer. He was the nicest guy. And they, without all these people knowing each other, they all said that after I was done interviewing, Bob Saget sent me a note saying how much he appreciated my time and how much he just enjoyed that conversation we had. And I think that small gesture just went the night, like the furthest. You know, um, I know Dave Portnoy wrote something last night saying that, he did a pizza review with Bob Saget and they hit it off right away. And like, you know, they, they just, they hit it off right away. And after they're done, Bob Saget sent him, wrote him a handwritten note saying, Hey, thank you so much. I really enjoyed your you know, meeting you. And again, it's like that small little gesture that, you know, goes the longest. Well, there's something to be said about really treating the media well. And I think that is such a smart savvy thing that probably a lot of people that haven't been in the industry for as many years as Bob had been in, you know, that they wouldn't even think about. But like, those people cover your daily life. And those people, you know, that it's just, I think it's really smart and kind and considerate. And it you rarely hear of someone doing something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny, like I posted last night and my friends who work at that Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City, which is one of the most legendary biggest comedy clubs in New York. They were just like, man, this guy, when he came in, he was just so nice to everyone. And I think people remember how you made them feel. You know, that just shows you, you know, like people remember how you made them feel. And he always made people feel great. He had this beautiful wife who was young and cool and I think gave him energy. Like he was hip. He always wore the same outfit, like a Steve Jobs type thing. He always wore like a black shirt or like this light black denim jacket. Like he had a style to him that was just cool. And we forget about who Bob Saget used to hang with. Like, I don't think we forget about, but like Bob Saget, like was friends with, you know, you know, you know, obviously John Stamos, who they had a close relationship, John Mayer, Don Rickles, like everyone loved hanging him around. He was just that guy you wanted to meet. And and he also hung out, which I know it sounds silly, but the Olsen twins, you know, the Olsen twins became these like very reclusive people that, 
billionaires that were inclusive and you know he was still in their inner circle and i think that says a lot because he grew up with them and they trusted him and you know and i i think when you're still in with the Olsen twins, it's very unusual. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dex. So obviously, we're, you know, this is a tough way to start the year in this podcast and talking about Dex. Yep. Did you ever have any run-ins with Betty White? No. No? Never with Betty White, no. So I, um, did you? I uh, I did. I've met her a few times. Uh, Betty was – she was heavily guarded. Um, like the people around her, like she was like – it was weird how guarded she was. Um you know, she was just an older, she was an older woman, very, she was, she was, I don't want to, it's hard to talk to, you know, she, when I first met her, I guess she was 90 years old. So she was still old. So she was very heavily guarded, obviously. When she didn't have her makeup on, I think she could walk right by you and people wouldn't even know that was Betty White. Like she was just an older mm-hmm. woman. Um, I did get a photo with her years ago when they did the roast of Betty White at the Friars Club. And uh, it was like crazy how many people responded to that photo like oh my god betty white and i never really watched golden girls that was a little before my time you know i was never a golden girls guy but she was just you know just she's just beloved dude i I think i think that's why these hurt so bad i i saw a meme that said i can't take that i lost my grandma and my dad all within a couple days and it like that's I think how people feel like Betty White feels like your grandma. Bob Saget feels like your dad to a lot of people that are around our age that grew up with these two humans that entertained us and have been famous like our entire lives. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. And it's just, yeah, it's just wild. Like, did you, did you see, did you see a lot of the tweets that people were putting out? you know, like co-stars and comedians talking about Bob. I thought that, you know, I I always see this, you know, when people obviously pass away, but like actually reading them, like John Stamos, he he put up a tweet that said, I am broken. I'm gutted. I'm in complete another utter shock. I will never, ever have another friend like him. I love you so much, Bobby. And you can like just Dave Coulier put up my heart is broken. I love you, Bob. You're forever. My brother, Dave, Candace. Cameron Burr, obviously Ross, his yeah. daughter on the show. Um, I don't know if you want me to keep reading them, but they're just so wonderful. So many comments about Bob and how he touched so many people's lives. Jason Alexander, John, uh, John Stewart, Kathy Griffin. I mean, everyone is talking about the passing of Bob Saget. So we have Gilbert Gottfried on. Gilbert, uh, legendary comedian, legendary friar roaster, but also a good friend of Bob Saget. Let's get a Let's get Gilbert on. Uh, so Gilbert, you know, I it, this is such a a tough topic. You know, Bob Saget obviously is one of those people that is so beloved by so many people. Like Adam and myself, we both grew up with him, but we feel like we know him, but not on the same level that you know him. You are one of his good friends. You have been there for so many years. Tell us. Tell us about Bob Saget, that maybe stuff that people don't know. That, I mean, that, that's I want to see the Bob Saget side that maybe people have never heard about. Now, it, it's funny. It's like uh, I remember when the aristocrats came out and people were saying, oh, my God, did you see Bob Saget? He was like how filthy and sick that was. And it's like people who knew him weren't at all surprised. 
at that. It's yeah. like because it, he would go, uh, he would go totally filthy and totally sick, and and that was the fun part about talking to him. It's like if the conversation got an, at all sincere or sensitive, you know, we would quickly turn it to like just perverted stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that was the thing that I think when he started doing so much, you know, the stand up after the like, you know, full house years, people saw that side of him, saw this like really crude sense of humor, which was so funny. And I think that's what people really loved about him was you had this, you know, ABC side, which was like, you know, light humor, kid family friendly humor. And then there was like the Bob Saget humor. And so I saw you, you know, you put up a tweet saying that you had recently been speaking to him the other day. What was that conversation like with you guys? Uh, yeah, I, it, it was, it was just a typical, you know, fun, like craziness. Uh, we just uh, say outrageous stuff. We'd make each other laugh. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, it's like there was nothing like uh, that was any different than any other time. And it's like, um, I, I, it's, it's funny. Like the time I had spoken to Saget before then, we, we were both talking about the death of uh, Norm MacDonald. So it's been a weird time for comedy or for comedians. Yeah. What do you remember the first before he got full house? Do you what was your first how did you guys first meet? Like where did you guys become friends? I don't really remember. It was probably out to one of my trips to LA. I probably met him at the comedy store or something. And uh yeah, no, I and then yeah, we've always seen, seemed to we were on that, you know, bumping mics. Things and stuff Ross, like yeah. that, yeah, yeah. When so when you look back, I know you've done some roasts with him. Do you look back and like one of those roasts really stands out in your mind working with him? Uh it, it was funny. It's like one roast there that, uh, for some reason, uh, the internet dug up again and and took outrage at. Uh, was the one where I went on and said, uh, you know, it was the roast, uh, Saget roast. And I said, um, uh, why are we here honoring this man? Should we be honoring a man who raped and killed a girl in 1990? And uh, first of all, it's not true. It's not true that Bob Saget raped and killed a girl in 1990. And, and, it was very funny at the time, got a, a great reaction from the crowd. And for some reason, the internet picked it up years later and were now outraged because I guess they felt, well, uh, it can't be a joke. A comedian said it. And, uh, and, and, and Sackett was getting really upset about it. Because they were now attacking him. These people on the internet who never wants to jump to conclusions, never want to make a mountain <laughs> out of a molehill, uh, were all of a sudden, they thought this was true. And they were Dude. sending it around that this was absolutely true. Because, 
you know, if Gilbert Gottfried said it, it has to be true. Did you guys end up talking about that and just how ridiculous it was that? Uh, yeah, was yeah. Our time it, in life? it was insane. But, you know, on the Internet, people need something to get outraged about. Absolutely. And what would be something that you want people to remember Bob Saget by? Uh, he was just he was a funny guy, very quick and, and a nice person underneath it all. And. I, you know, the funny thing that I, I found out about it, uh, Jeff Ross called me and he said, uh, I, I've got some sad news. Uh, Bob Saget died. And I was, I, I thought, oh, this is, uh, the lead into a, a sick joke. And so I wanted to hear the punchline and I go, okay. And and then I find out, though, there's no punchline to this. This is actually true. And I think I still feel that way now because, I mean, I you, he was a, yeah, he, he was a funny guy, quick guy, nice guy. You know, Gilbert, it's, I, I saw Bob a lot over the summer, you know, and uh, he was touring. He was doing West Nyack at Levity Live, and he was just doing a bunch of shows in the area. And it became like a joke for me. He always stayed on Bower at the Bowery Hotel in New York City because I was seeing him so much that, you know, you didn't think something like this was going to happen. And unfortunately, when someone like this passes, the first thing people say is how, how, you know, they yes. think maybe especially like it's drugs or something like that, uh, your alcohol or some sort of crazy thing. There was no from your experiences with him. Was he he was never I think people just want a reason, you know, because they're so yeah. shocked by this. I well, I I'm the same way. Whenever it's somebody, whenever I hear about somebody's death, I always think, well, okay, okay, uh, were they on drugs? Were they uh, were they drinking? Were they uh, way overweight or out of shape or some? And then you find out, no, no, none of those were true. That's a, you want to be feel safe. I think you want to go, oh, oh, well, see, he was uh, he was shooting heroin. I don't do that. And no, he was never someone that I ever know, known, known to be on drugs or drinking or any of that. Yeah. What, what was his demeanor like when you guys chatted, by the way? Uh, he was the same guy he's always been. You know, he was... Uh, and 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 it's like he was looking forward to uh, going back on the road, and yeah. but yeah, same guy, uh, you know, always uh, cracking jokes, and uh, like I said, the minute either one of us started talking seriously, we'd come in with a totally bad taste joke to kill that. And, uh, I remember, I, you know, it's funny with Bob Saget. I think the first thing that really made him stand out after post Full House was when he did Half Baked because, you know, everyone knew he was a dirty comic or was a dirty comic before yeah. Full House. And then he stopped doing stand up for a little bit. And, you know, he was such a great actor on Full House. Like he was so perfect for the part. He played that, that square dad where he made a lot of dad jokes where you're like, no way this guy was a dirty comic. And then he does Half-Bake with Dave Chappelle, and he's got a small line. He goes, you ever suck dick for Coke? And just like that, like people are like, man, this guy is – like he'll go there. Like he's yes. he's funny. So I, it's just it, – and you know what's so cool about uh, Bob Saget is how well-liked he was, like how much people enjoyed him. From like people like John Mayer, who's a rock star, 
John Mayer was very close with Bob Saget, you know, like, you know, the people who he hung with, they all, which I, I don't think in some people still looked at Bob Saget as Danny Tanner. But, you know, if you put that to the side, like everyone in Hollywood always enjoyed him. They always loved hanging out with him. Like he was like that guy you wanted him to be there. At uh, least from yeah. one of yeah, yeah, he was exactly that. He was like this nice guy, outrageous guy. And um, and it was, it's like when Full House was on, they thought he was like, you know, it was like Ozzy and Harriet or, or something. Like he was just this completely wholesome, yeah, innocent guy, which he wasn't. How are how how often do you get on stage now, Gilbert? Like you know, you're still doing stand up, and like how are you getting on show? Are you doing stand up every week now? What's your schedule like? I I've been doing it more and more, and it's like I'm still. It, it's funny. I'm still at that point when you take time off, where you go. Wait a minute. I'm sure I had more jokes than this, and and uh, and I'm on stage going. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you, do you think you're addicted to stand up like is it part of you like if you don't go on stage let's say once in three weeks do you kind of feel weird or down because you don't do stand up is like it's uh, a part of you well i don't know i mean with the pandemic it's like when these clubs were closing up i was going like oh i i'm sitting on the couch watching tv I could get used to this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny but with the pandemic though, at least from my experience, I'm a stand-up comic. I w- I didn't feel as bad because I knew other people weren't really doing stand-up. So nobody was doing anything. Yes. So I wasn't able to feel that down. But when I don't do a gig in three weeks or so, I start to feel down. Like, I'm just like, man, I got to, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing it. I'm, I'm not owning my craft per se, but it's like, I don't know. That's like the addiction part of it to me. Who were the people, who was the first big comedian that really took you under their wing? That was like a really nice guy to you. I don't remember anyone ever actually taking me under their <laughs> wing, but uh, I wish somebody would. I, I wish they would now. Uh, but I, as far as comics that I've met who are nice, um, well, I always, uh, Jerry Lewis is one of those people that I could use the classic line. Well, he was always nice to me. Uh, <laughs> Cause the times I met him, he was nice to me. Uh, Cause I, people hated Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And, um, uh, but, oh, and, and I, I remember I, I was, I did, I had like two weeks work on this terrible it was it was the last of the Richard Pryor Gene Wilder movies, and uh, Richard Pryor uh, treated me like he was a kid, and I was the biggest movie star he ever met. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he he knew everything that I did. That's I mean that's, awesome. that's incredible. Yeah, I mean it's cool when you see guys like that who are just like a fan of you. Uh, I mean, that's uh, what was your big, your first credit though? The one that really put you on the map. Yeah. The funny thing is I had a bunch of like false starts. One was getting on Saturday night live. Cause uh, that seems like it should be big, but that was the worst time. I, I was there right after the original cast left. So that was sacrilege. 
to have setting now the cast changes in between commercial breaks, but <laughs> back, back then, how dare you? It was like, you know, uh, getting four new Beatles, uh, you know, and saying, Oh, listen to their songs and pretend they're the Beatles or, or uh, recasting the cast of friends and saying, just act like you don't notice. Uh, so I, I did that, and that, that that was terrible. And then I followed that with Thick of the Night, which was Alan Thick's talk show. That was gonna that they were advertising as it was gonna knock Carson off the air. And if you notice, Carson's not on the air anymore. <laughs> so so it worked. <laughs> it took a while longer than they thought. Uh but what really got me noticed is um, some people saw me at a club and they said, you know, we're from MTV and we want to audition some people tomorrow. And I, and I went there and I, uh, I just did like a load of stuff, just, you know, right off the top of my head. I was just improvising. And then without me knowing it, they had chopped up my audition that they filmed and we're showing it on the air. Wow. And people were coming up to me saying, oh, you're that guy from MTV. And that's where I first started getting noticed was MTV. Wow. Does MTV oh, Gilbert, I know. exist anymore? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it, it, barely, but it's there. Yeah. It's there. It's still, it's still cranking out some stuff like Jersey Shore, old Jersey Shore stuff. <laughs> well, I know we uh, don't have a lot of time with you. I did want to ask you one last question about Bob, and that would be at his celebration of life. How do you think Bob would want to see his celebration of life? People up there roasting him, talking about good things. Like, how do you think he would want it? Uh, I, I think he would want it not too sensitive and not too, uh, I, that's what I, I predict that, well, I don't predict. That's what I think he would have like, uh, uh, wanted stuff kept at a lighter level and, and maybe a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picture him like, who could I picture being up there? Like talking about him like i mean obviously you'd want to see his his full house cast me members and stuff but who do you think would be up there talking about him oh god uh so many people me and and uh jeff ross and a lot of other i rem i remember um for a while there uh bob and i were like emailing each other like weird uh messages to each other and then after a while, we said, we, we've done a bunch of these. We should make it into a book. And and I thought this is that would be great. And then his he's I guess he mentioned it to his manager. His manager read our messages to each other and he said, no, you are not doing this. <laughs> you are not showing the public this. <laughs> That was the end. We don't want that out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and, and talking about your friend, Bob. You know, I, I think the world right now is hurting and it's nice to lighten it up a little bit with some of these, you know, friendly stories about him and what his life was really like beyond what we saw on camera and on stage. So we appreciate it. And we're so sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed talking to Gilbert. You know, so 
crazy Gilbert. You don't know which Gilbert you're gonna get. Like if you've if you've known if you know who Gilbert Gottfried is, you've heard him on Stern where he goes crazy and says these crazy jokes. But it's cool to actually talk to Gilbert, not Gilbert Gottfried, which becomes like the character. And you know, it's um. But you could just Bob loved Gilbert. You know, uh, and I forgot about the aristocrats, which uh, Gilbert brought up, but Bob loved Gilbert. You know, he was just like a comic because Gilbert's a comics comic. And I think Bob appreciated that. I think Bob always wanted, you know, again, I'm not the the speaker for Bob, but I think Bob always wanted to feel like a real comedian, but also appreciated comedians. And that's why he appreciated Gilbert. And I think Gilbert felt that from Bob. Well, I, you know, I liked your question um, about people always needing an answer for a death and you know, whether or not Bob Saget had ever really been someone that was into alcohol or drugs or what kind of Gilbert thought about that. I thought it was a really interesting way to phrase it because you're right. People are, they want an answer. And even if the answer is mundane and boring and, you know, natural causes, people want to blame it on something. And, uh, you know, I think that obviously we've got to wait for toxicology results. At the end of the day, no matter how much you think you know someone, there's a chance that you don't know them at all. And I feel like there's been numerous deaths that came out of left field and something else contributed to it. But I, I know we'll have to wait for toxicology on to see if there was actually a cause to why he is no longer with us. But I don't know. Nice to speak to someone that knew him on a different level. You know, yeah, like, for sure. Like I said before, we know him as fans. We know him as the full house guy or the America's Funniest Home Video guy or whatever. And this, you know, Gilbert knows him as his true friend and spoke to him a couple of days ago. So that was really interesting and sad. Yeah, it's um, it's wild. It's definitely wild. I'm actually uh, uh, you just got back. You were away. I'm in Miami right now doing this show. I've been uh. I've been running around with my camera in Miami, and I, I've been so unlucky here, Dex. Why is that? Can I tell you about that? So do you want to go into the Kanye? Did I tell you the Kanye story? Do we, we no, didn't talk about this, right? You have a Kanye story? So, dude, so Kanye, I brought my camera. I've been in Miami for a month, and last year I came down to Miami for a month just to hibernate from the winter and get out of the cold and just to break up the winter because the winter oh, in New York gets I rough. It's cold. Okay, that Kanye so, story. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> – it was wild, dude. So I'm down here and I brought my camera and I was like, you know, I'm going to go by the hotspot restaurants and see if I get lucky trying to find a celebrity. And I went by this, um, I went by a few restaurants and who do I run into? I see like, I run into uh, Carbone in Miami, which is the new restaurant. We all know Carbone is like the hotspot of Miami. And, uh, I see some bodyguards in there. I'm like, what's going on? And then I ran into some other guy there who I knew. He's like, yo, Kanye's here with some girl. And this is the it was Julia Fox chick. Julia Fox. And there was no uh, paparazzi there yet. I was the only one there. Like, wow, Kanye's here. So I start waiting to the side of the restaurant, waiting for Kanye to come out. He's with a girl, and I heard Kanye was in Miami, and I heard he's been actually in a good mood lately because Car- Kanye could be a little bit bipolar. You never know which Kanye you're going to get. So I wait to the side, but the person I knew wanted to call another paparazzi to come shoot Kanye. And this person, which made a mistake, um, they start waiting right in front of the door of Carbone with their camera out. When you do that, it gives them more time to play games. So what do they do is Kanye's car goes to the back door. 
So the girl, it was a woman paparazzi, runs to the back. I go to the back door, and me and there's two fans waiting there to meet Kanye, and the car is about to come out the back door. And Kanye's got this photographer with him now. And the guy goes, hey, man, we're not doing photos today. And I'm like, uh, you don't really say that to the, you know, the photographer. You know, like, it's not really their call. Like, he either he comes out and says, like, hey, guys, like, you don't say that. Like, you know, like, we don't know who you are. So then all of a sudden, um, Kanye wound up, you know, going out the front door as we're all in the back door. They wound up putting him in, like, another car not to be seen. So this girl photographer wound up screwing us. But the crazy part is, is that there was photos released of Kanye and this girl. And I think this girl had a lot to do with it. That's my opinion. The reason is, is the photos were of them going into the restaurant. The photo shows who the girl was. The photos were all, I walked into the restaurant. They were eating at a side, like in a private room on the side of the bar. So there was a photo leaked of them sitting down eating, which I don't know how that photo could get out. They were in a private room. So that means someone in their space so had to it's, do it's that photo. That you think she has something to do with it. I think I do. Kanye has something to do with it. I, I think that Kanye is out there to he's seeing all the Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson photos everywhere, them kind of vacationing together. I think that he is going, shit, I need to, you know have my image looking good. So I'm going to get this young, hot girl. I'm going to parade her around and I'm going to get photos of her and put them out. Kanye was there with his own personal photographer. And then photos come out of them in a private room and like just perfectly shot, clear photos. Like this doesn't look like cell phone photos. This looks like professional photos. And then I'm just going to leak them out so that the world will talk about me and this new Julia Fox girl. And then, you know, that she's all over it. What was it? Parade magazine, uh, interview magazine, interview or something, magazine like that. something like that. Like they do a whole photo shirt shoot in the middle of a restaurant. Like I think this is Kanye just trying to ride this train of press because everyone's going to be talking about this girl. The photos weren't even good. So that's the craziest part about it that, the photos weren't Why good. Weren't they're they definitely good? cell phone shots. They weren't good they, because they were good because they showed the two of them out on a date. That's all they needed to do. Yeah. Well, the thing is, how do how were they able to identify this girl? This girl's not a big actress. Because so right away, someone's like, "Oh." When, what I think when Kanye's team hands it over to let's say like TMZ, because obviously TMZ had the exclusive on it, they said, "Here's Kanye West out with this girl named Julia Fox." There you go. Have fun with the story. Like that's that's my personal opinion of what I think happened. Obviously, yeah. I don't know, but uh, that's my my biggest guess. Yeah, I um the the photos were not taken by a paparazzi. They were taken by they were taken they were exclusive. There's no age. Yeah. So it's that's if you guys think like this was definitely set up. They knew what they were doing. These are two people that love the attention. That love, so yeah, they're they're. You know, By the way, what's funny is I had a source there that night that said that Kim Kardashian was actually supposed to have dinner at Carbone at the same time, but then ended up sending one of her people, like one of the guys in her team, to go pick up food for her and Pete Davidson, which I think is hilarious. Can you imagine <laughs> that run-in? That would have been great. Can you? Well, <laughs> so Kanye's eating there with Julia, and then... Kim was going to show up with Pete, and then so what you're saying, and then they were 
they were so they got food. They ordered food. They didn't get they it. Ordered food and took it back to like her place, which smart move on their part. But can you imagine the paparazzi frenzy that would have happened if Kim and Pete showed up and Kanye's there on a date with Julia Fox? That would have been so great. Well, can you think about the commercial for Carbone? Because Kanye was at Carbone in Miami. The next night, he went to Carbone in New York with Julia. And then, like, two nights after, he goes back to Carbone in Miami. Does he know the owner? Like, what's what's the Mario deal Carbone? Here? I – no. I don't – Mr. Carbone? I, I don't, yeah. Uh, the guy who owns it, by the way, Mario is a young guy, too. Yeah. Uh, actually, the guy who owns it, Mario Carbone, uh, he dates a publicist – and the publicist is the publicist of, I believe, like Addison Ray, maybe the D'Amelios. Oh, uh, wow. I forget. I could be wrong. But like very big stars, she's the publicist of. Interesting. Crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wild. But uh, I want to talk to you about this one show that I'm obsessed with and you need to watch it. It's going to – it's it's good. It's bad. But it's very interesting. But it makes you feel young. Okay. Um, the Hype House, the social media stars have their own show on Netflix. It's a t- it's, you're, you're, you're not going to watch it. I don't think I can. I don't think Dude, I can. Dude, you got to watch it. It's interesting. It's fascinating <laughs> how much money these people make, but like like what they do in the business of it and yep. the way they approach social media as a business, but also how like they're not happy doing social media. Like they, they have to really? do it because they make money. So um, some of them. They're like behind the scenes struggle with having to put up content. Correct. Yeah. I think okay. it's a fascinating show. It's shot very well. It's interesting. We got to get one of these people on the show because I think the show is really good and interesting. And um, I mean, these kids are 20 years old, but making like serious money. But it's uh, I, I don't know. I really enjoy the show. I'm like, it's great. That's so funny. I, I mean, I will. But I, I literally just got my subscription for Apple TV so I could watch Ted Lasso. So Hype okay. House will have to go in behind Ted Lasso and probably the morning show season two. How, Dad, can I ask you, how many how many subscriptions do you pay for? And then do you trade them with other people? Oh, that that I would never do that, Adam. And we will not no, that's be talking about people we don't... <laughs> who do that potentially out there because that is against FCC rules. So I oh, would I never that was... do that. And I'm assuming you would never do that either, correct? No, I didn't because I like to support Paramount Plus. I like to support Disney Plus and Discovery Channel. Okay. Was it Discovery Plus, whatever it is? Well, I'm glad I... that I'm glad that you pay for all of your subscriptions and uh Anyway, we're going to move on from that topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. But it's uh, – yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I know it's a little weird and interesting uh, uh, just because it's just we're, – we're supposed to record another episode and then you know all this is going on and it's just kind of like no, wow. We, like we also wanted to – because you know Bob Saget made such a big impact on – people's lives we knew we needed to put out an episode early this week and get one of his friends on so thank you gilbert yes thank you gilbert for coming on chatting with us giving that friend perspective of bob um and adam thank you for your stories of bob like i said i've only met him once you obviously ran into him quite a few times so it was nice to hear other stories about him and and then even Betty White stories. I, d- I don't have any Sydney Poitier stories, though. Um, Me either. I never ran into him, ever. So. Yeah, no. But uh, all right, guys. Well, listen, well, there is a video portion of this podcast. It's on YouTube. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on it all. We also have this private Facebook group. Dax, tell me about It's actually been Facebook. growing. I noticed that. I The funny part is, so I've been talking about this private Facebook group. And then I went to go make a comment and I couldn't because I wasn't a part of the Facebook group. 
So I I could only leave a comment as like Hollywood Raw. And I was like, no, no, I want to leave a comment as Dax. And I, I couldn't. So I have now joined the private Facebook group as well so that I can leave comments and talk to you guys directly. So if you go and you search out Hollywood Raw on Facebook, you look under there and there is the private one that you um, you gain access to. You have to like answer a question. I think it's like, what is your favorite episode of the Hollywood Raw podcast? Um, and then we will allow you in to join the super fans. So come follow us and come hang out with us there. Yeah, and listen, if you want to see exclusive behind the scene videos all over the world, not just Hollywood, New York, LA, Miami, you know, all over the world, uh, really make sure you follow us on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. We got some really cool content on there. Uh, you can find me at, at Adam Glenn, G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. See you guys next time. All right, P-Bob. A Huda Media Production.